Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. This is a really fun episode today. It's it's a little different than my usual. Um, today, I'm going to talk with Tanya and Wes from the Tug Valley Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. That is a mouthful. But uh, they shared an article online about the area. It's around Mingo County, West Virginia. Um, the article was called Haunted Tug Valley. And I was reading about these different sites that you can go to and check out yourself or maybe even do a tour of that just really stood out. Um, I wanted to share it, uh, so I hollered at them, and they were willing to come on to the show and explain these sites and welcome everybody to their Halloween festival. I believe it's called Spook Fest, and it's going to take place this Halloween night, 2020, and they are going to have a special guest that they'll they'll tell you about um, during the during the show today. Um, it's a great episode. There's a lot of historical information to pick up from this, and they they are just a wealth of knowledge. So I'm so glad that they got on here to to explain everything for me. So I don't have to sit here and just try to recite a, an article. So we'll go ahead and get Tanya and Wes talking. So my name is Wes Wilson. I serve as executive director of the Tug Valley Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. I've been here about, uh, golly, it's on you now, two years now, coming up on two years. I'm joined today by my vice president of the CVD, Tanya Webb. Tanya? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tanya Webb. Like Wes said, I'm vice president of the Tug Valley Area CVD. Um, we focus a lot on tourism and trying to get people in our area Um we have been, we and I have been working together, gosh, even before CBB oh, on yeah. several projects, but we, it, we're very happy to have him. He's very talented and does an asset to our um, organization. Well, it's, I tell you, it's, it's interesting, you know, again, you, you reached out to us about talking uh, on this subject of things, and uh, I, I jokingly call Tanya my Halloween queen, and I know paranormal stuff is just Halloween, but uh, when you got this, I said, oh, I've got to get my girl here with me. This is right up our alley. We, we both enjoy this sort of uh, stuff. But 
Um, you know, again, the, the goal of TVB is to have events and, and things, not just for our local folks, but for visitors that come in and, and you know, give them reasons why should they come to Williamson and Tug River Valley uh, to visit. And, and golly, we've got plenty of things, you know, from the trail system to the history. Um, but Tanya and I have kind of been uh, sniffing out this trail of paranormal things for a while, and we've got a new website uh, that went live in January. And when the website went live, we kind of had this goal of, as the year of 2020 progressed, uh, adding different sections and things. And we knew right off the bat we'd you know, have a few things that we'd go, well, wait a minute, we didn't think it about that. Let's add that now. So I think Tanya had this one in the back of her head the whole time. Uh, and, and maybe I was slipping a little bit on not getting it on there quicker. But uh, uh, we happened to have a, a few days during this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, and, and she messaged me and said, hey, can we get a few of these places on the side? I said, absolutely. And it happened to be a day when I wasn't doing much. So started uh, kind of cataloging some, some locations throughout the area that we felt uh, were of interest to uh, paranormal uh, investigators and, and folks that just enjoy uh, kind of the haunted history of the area, if you will. And uh, that's kind of where this developed and came from. And I, before I was with the CVB, I always did a lot of pictures and photography and things. So um, I'd done some photos of abandoned buildings and structures throughout the area. So, so I had, had a little bit of those in mind when, when we went through the list. But, you know, going back to the history of the area, uh, we all three know, man, there's some really uh, dark stories and, and dark places throughout Mingo and Pike County. So it's kind of like it was a no-brainer to add this to our side. Well, I'm glad you did because I absolutely enjoyed the article, and that, that led me to come onto your you know your actual website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know why I didn't put two and two together, but you guys are over the uh, the comic convention, the WillCon, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I saw a link to that on the site, and my daughter is really big into cosplay. So I thought, wow, you know, maybe I yeah. can uh, maybe I can set up a visitor's booth or something like that, something down yeah. there, do some live interviews next time I come down. Absolutely. We have that bow, and then in October we have our Halloween festival at Spook Fest. I'm not sure if it's on our website yet or not. I think it is. But um, um, that's usually a big draw as well. So it's kind of like a haunted Comic-Con, really. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll <laughs> – I'll put that on the calendar, too. Well, We're having it this year. Um, it's going to be pretty special. Um, Halloween falls on a Saturday this year. Typically, we hold our festival the last Saturday of the month. This year, it actually happens to fall on Halloween, and we have a special guest that's going to be appearing with us this year. Um, it's the actor, um, Tony Moran, who played the original Michael Myers in, in the 1978 Halloween. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're pretty pumped. Tony Tony has became a dear, close friend of both ours, and, and uh, his schedule kind of allowed for this to happen. And he kind of reached out to us in a way and was like, what do you think? And we're like, Tony, are you you're pulling our leg or are you being serious? He's like, no, I want to come to Winston. We're like, dude. <laughs> so he, he's definitely – he's coming. we got his flight booked, and, and he, he's coming. So we're, we're excited for him to be here and, and get to interact with fans and, and – you know, what a chance to meet somebody like that, and, and I'm not downplaying our area, but, I mean, to meet someone of that uh, cinematic, historical nature right here in oh, Lincoln, yeah. that's pretty yeah. cool. Regardless of if you like Halloween, uh, you know, series of films or, or what have you, I just, you know, even as a movie buff that I am, I, I think that's a pretty cool honor to, to have somebody like that in our area. That is great. I, I look forward to it. I, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Halloween. Everybody likes to be scared that time of year. And that movie is a classic. So, well, yeah. I have to tell you, before we jump back into to the reason we're talking today, the funniest thing with Tony, when we originally met him, 
Tony, considering his role, this is really funny, is actually jumpy and he's kind of scared himself. So you wouldn't think Michael Myers would, would have a little bit of that in him, but you know, <laughs> it just shows that we're all we're all human, even Michael Myers. <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys have always been into this the the topic of the paranormal. Yes. Well, and I tell you, for me at least, what what kind of pulled me in, and, and Tanya was already there on, on when we watched this, but a year, it's been a year or two years now. Two years. Two years ago. Um, there was this idea that, hmm, can we get access to the old Winston Memorial Hospital uh, for tours, paranormal tours, and, and do a little, you know, uh, something rather up there. We didn't really know what we were going to do, but it was just the fact of getting in the building. You know, people were always intrigued with the history of it. Uh, the legacy, you know, a lot of people uh, came into this world there and, and left this world there. Uh, my mom was born there. Tanya, you were born, born there. Yeah, Tanya was born there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's historic no matter what. But so we uh, had the opportunity to approach the, uh, at the time, owners of, of the property, and, and they were kind of initially a little bit hesitant. And then once they kind of – it was one of those moments where they go, well, well, prove to us what you got, what you're telling us, see what happens. And in the first year, we were we were able to sell out what six or seven nights of tours. Um, the the thing was just the, the response was extremely overwhelming. We had people coming from all over. Do you yeah. remember how many countries and states oh, were represented? Was, I think we had five or six countries, at least at least twenty to thirty states, at least. It, it was it surpassed Dirt Days and Dirt Days. You know, get a different festival, but it had really good numbers and it blew that out of the water. But we we were getting messages both from. I mean, you name anywhere, anywhere in the you know, southeast, northeast. I mean, we, I don't think we had too many people from out west um, yet, but we, we still get messages about that. Um, but getting in that building and just being able to walk around, even when we were looking at our options and how we would do tours and, and how we could use the building to, to our best ability, I mean, it's just, I hate to say magical place, but it, it really is a magical place. And you can go in certain rooms and have certain feelings and, and just tell, man, there's there's something up there that's, it's very awesome. Yeah. You can actually see some of the um, staff members as well as the people that went through it. They posted their stories and their experiences on our Facebook page, and um, we kind of shared that along with them. And we also encouraged them to take pictures while they were there, and some of them caught some unreal images. Really? That's, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. Did anybody actually get to have an encounter? Yes. Yeah, Yes, we had so many, um, even our own personal staff. But I would have to say, um, for the two years that we did it, probably Halloween night was the the most that we got reports. We had some, it was so scared they couldn't even go through it. Um, we had a few that come back and told us that they saw things in the x-ray room, and then I'll let Wes tell you what one of our tour guys experienced. Yeah, so so one of our guys, and she was uh, associated with Winston Memorial, so she'd been up there several times. It wasn't like she had a fear of the building or, or anything, and, and she's, you know, focusing on her job and that sort of thing, and she uh, went in one of the x-ray rooms, there's two of them, and, and went in the leftmost one, as we call it, and uh, had a one had a flashlight that kept dying on her, changed the batteries, and you know the drill there, just kept on dying, sucking the power out of it. And then uh, she got to a point uh, where she got very, uh, very sick feeling, uh, and I believe she left. Didn't she leave that night and then and then came back? She came back later on, uh, but she just got to feeling really bad. And, uh, of course, that, that story got added into our tours from then on out. We said, we hate to make an example of you, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, what happened? Yeah. It presented itself, so 
Um, and people that – what was really interesting about doing the tours was some of our most uh, fun groups, if you will, that we had in there were people that were former employees and, and again, people were born there or had family that had, you know, uh, legacies that, that existed in the building. And we had even a group from a church that went, and uh, they were telling all these additional stories that we had no clue about. So when they were telling us this stuff, we're like, oh, man. You know, we'll add this into our – we're telling folks as we escort them through the building, and, and they were uh, awesome assets to, to give us additional information. And again, it's a little hard to research the history because, uh, you know, given the, like the 1977 flood and other things, a lot of the history was unfortunately washed away, you know, with the daily news and things. So we had to do some digging. But now we've actually – I'll send you a copy after we uh, talk today. We've got a pretty good comprehensive history of the building and the facility. So – it's, take, it's taken two years to get it all put together in chronological order, but uh, it's kind of neat just even from a historical purpose to have that. But it was it was amazing to get into the research of the building and, and see things. You know, there was, a, uh, there was an incident with a, uh, a guy who was involved with a murder downtown Williamson that was uh, either jumped or was thrown from a window. Uh, and, and second Yeah, second floor window, and we actually know the room that it happened. Uh, you know, so there's there's some interesting points there that can be made. I mean, it just again, a hospital I think speaks for itself. Yeah, the, the the picture of just the outside of the hospital is enough to creep you out. You know, I could have <laughs> there for the the purpose of trying to see something or catch something. Uh, it was built in like what twenty eight, twenty seven, twenty eight, something like that. Exactly. You you, you passed the history test today. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it was, you know, the, the building came to be, actually, just to note this, because the uh, one prior to it burned down uh, downtown. So they, they were able to uh, get the community rallied and, and, I believe, did some bonds and things, and, and then that building upon College Hill came to be, and, of course, then the Nurses College uh, building, which sits adjacent to it, came to be as well. It didn't last as long. The nurses program sort of collapsed at the end because you had vocational schools and other things in the area that kind of picked up uh, that process of learning and did it elsewhere. Um, and that building, Tanya absolutely loves that building as well. It's, it's just, amazing. Yeah, it's it, the only problem with it. The nurses' building because it's vacated in a much earlier time than the hospital was. Right. Uh, it's deteriorated significantly, and it needs some work. You know, it's TLC. It, it could be used, but it's it's a neat building as well. We just our, our toughest thing, and, and you know how this goes is you know you have a really cool facility like that is keeping people out. And the, the I'll say kind of funny thing about this is we drew so much attention to it through the tours and things we did. Uh, there was several times where we had to have people, uh, you know, go up and check on the building and make sure folks weren't going in and trying to investigate or do their own thing. And, and we, we hope that day will come that we're able to get people in there and do that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, right now it's like we got to keep everything secure. Of course, it's uh, the status of it is the building's bankruptcy court, so we're waiting to see uh, what unfolds there. But we're hopeful to get back in there. Yeah, I hope you can. Uh, that sounds great. And that's good. is that going to be the tours are going to go on during Spook Fest or Halloween Fest? I guess it just depends on what happens with the uh, new owners. Right. Yeah. The, the, the Right now it's closed to the public. But, and, and just this kind of leads us into the other locations we have mentioned on our website, the article, you know, it's, it's one of those places. And, and like you just said about the picture of the building, it's creepy just looking at it. You know, folks can go up there and check out the outside and look around. You know, yeah, take all the pictures you want. Heck, you can go up there at nighttime. You might catch something like some of our, our tours uh, did. They, they caught some photos, and I'll send this to you as well. We had a photo of a, a what looked like a, a nurse standing outside, and a girl took it with an iPhone, took three or four pictures in sequence, you know, boom, 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 real quick. Right. And then 
this uh, figure showed up in one of the two middle frames, which was really interesting. So we had, we had nobody up there that night. And this, we had a few people dressed as nurses, but nobody in this outfit. Nobody had a hat on like this person that looked like a female did. I mean, just really good stuff. Yeah, I'd love to see that. That's amazing. I think, do we have it on our website? Yeah, I believe we have on it on our website. I'll, I'll send you a link to it. But it was it was funny, actually, that tour. They did the tour, and, and when the tour was over, we'd escort people from the property and, and help them get back outside. And we got them outside, and the girl was leaving, and, they, and we encouraged them again to take pictures outside, and they did. When we had somebody go back to the back door where they're not really supposed to come back in from and was knocking, I'm like, okay, something's up. What's going on? And they're like, you've got to see this picture. And as soon as the word on that came out, it was like, oh, man. Everybody kind of, the, the hairs were up on everybody's neck the rest of that night. Yeah. One, of the stories, one of the stories that we were told was on that certain floor where you see the nurse actually entering the building was that there was a haunted nurse. There's a story about a haunted nurse. Um, and Wes might be able to tell you more about it, but she has been known to be seen, like, walking through that floor. I think the end of that was at the emergency room mm -hmm. at one time, yeah. Yeah. and uh, that's where she's seen coming in. But the image is just unreal. Wow. wow. You never know. Never know. Yeah, that's true. You never know. And I'm I'm obviously a believer in all this stuff, so I, I'm a sucker for it. I, I will be there. <laughs> I'm going to go down there and check yeah. Hey, well, well, we're hoping come, you know, the next few months there'll be some resolution to it. Right now, you can just drive by. It's on, the, you know, it's private property, so nobody can actually go on the property. But right. you can uh, drive by, take pictures of it, and look at it. It's pretty amazing. You can actually see it from downtown. But we're hoping within the next few months we'll figure out what we can do with it and work with the new owners and everything. I hope I hope that works out. So if there was if there was a hot spot in Winston, I, I would give Winston Memorial that award. It just it's it's such a unique place. It's got the look. It passes the eye test, you know. Right. Uh, the stories and legacies there are, are certainly everywhere. So. And we have a Facebook page for it um, because the actual hospital was called Williamson Memorial. We had to come up with a different name. Um, we didn't want to show any type of disrespect to the hospital that was in practice at the time. So, right. hospital is actually located on College Hill. And I think Weston, correct me if I'm wrong, it was called that because of the nurses' college, and it was based up there. So we just called it the old hospital on College Hill. So if anybody wants to take a look at it, we still have the Facebook up until we're, you know, told to take it down. <laughs> so, um, so people can look at it. But some of those pictures and stories that we were telling you about, I think, are posted on there. Yes. Yeah. People just go down the timeline. They can do some uh, Facebook investigating, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, also on that article, you mentioned a Fairview Cemetery that had a Medal of Honor recipient buried there. That's such a unique place. My just to tell you this, Bo is is my grandpa on my mom's side of the family actually had Weaver Mortuary in West Williamson. So uh, as a little kid, we get actually family buried up there as well. But, uh, so yeah, there you go, Tanya does as well. But to me, this is kind of a weird comment, but it's such a beautiful cemetery. In the fall, when the leaves are golden and brown, and you've got kind of a crisp October evening, what a place! If I lived in West End, I'd, I'd be taking me a walk up there probably every night year round. But uh, yeah, so the Gojo brothers and, and uh, Anthony or Antoine Tony uh, was a Medal of Honor recipient. Uh, and there's also a U.S. Congressman Wells Goody Koontz who has who, who has a well, his house is still there on Maple Walk. Um, there's some postcards that are out there. It's actually a nationally registered historic home. Uh, so two pretty important people buried there, but there's some gravestone and markers down there that are just 
extremely old. You know, the the dates are, uh, you know, you can't read them. They're illegible, you know. Uh, it's just what a place. I mean, and some of the, you can see where, obviously, they didn't use vaults back in the day. The, the graves have collapsed, and there's these, uh, you know, humps and hills. It almost looks like something you see over in Scotland or England. Uh, and it, it's like that right here in Williamson. It's very unique, and Wes can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think some of them, um, some of the people that are buried there don't even have um, not like real markings or real mm-hmm. headstones. They're kind of, uh, I guess, the family maybe may have mm-hmm. made them yeah. or handmade them. So it's, it's it's different than what your normal cemetery looks like. It's very unique. And I, I want to say, though, that the, and when, I guess this is a mayor question. I mean, mayor, pop in on us today and help us. But I want to say Fairview is either almost completely full or it is full. Uh, I can't remember the last time there was a burial up there or anything like that. Um, our family was buried there. I think most of them passed away before the, the early 90s. So, my, gosh, uh, my grandfather passed away, I think, in the 50s. Yeah. So, it was... yeah. so we, we, you know, yeah, I don't, can't remember. I've helped out the funeral home and, and some other places as well. And I, I don't ever remember us having any service up there. But, again, it's just a really unique, it's a photogenic cemetery. Again, a weird comment to make, but it's just some places are pretty and have that, you know, unique architecture, if you will. Right. Uh, there's some neat little like mausoleums and stuff. There's there's one up on uh, what I'll call the ridge of the cemetery, kind of closer to old US 52, where there's always the mudslides and rock slides. Um, and man, there's a there's a tree that has a sign going out of it. Uh, if you walk one lap around the cemetery, you you can't miss it. Um, but it's just it's, it's a neat place. And I, to me, a lot of people wimps and they drive right by it when they go to the West End and, and really don't realize it's there. And of course, a lot of people don't have a reason to go up there, but I just I think it's a it's a neat place and again it's it's Williamson's oldest cemetery at least 115 years old the first the first people in Williamson uh, are likely buried there now just to note this not jumping around on you but the Williamson family cemetery uh, is actually up um, and we don't have it on the website yet but I'm going to mention it to you the Williamson family cemetery is up on Maple Walk and so Benjamin Williamson Wallace Williamson uh, some folks that were involved in the creation of the city of Williamson. Are buried up there. Uh, it's a little private cemetery. If, if you drive up on Maple Walk, you basically drive around it. It's like a little square cemetery that's in the middle, um, and it's kind of cool. But between Fairview and that cemetery, those are kind of the two most historic, if you will. Right. Yeah. And people love history. People love cemetery tours. Um, I was I was stationed in Louisiana for about six years, and that was a popular thing to do. People would love to just go out and check out, you know, the the old cemeteries. It's a little little creep factor to it, but you also learn something about the, the location at the same time. So yeah, I me mean, to tie those two things together just makes it awesome. Makes the experience And Louisiana has such gosh, I went down there I think I went to New Orleans and we were, you know, told to go visit a few and I, I wasn't prepared to see, I guess, um a lot of their burials are above ground of course because of the water and things like that. But it was I mean, I don't want to say beautiful, but it was just so different and just so exciting to see. I mean, it was truly amazing. Yeah, they look like a movie down there. It's it's probably. Um, Let's see what else we got on here. The Dingus Tunnel. Now, I know that it was just recently remodeled or updated, whatever you call it. And not to interrupt you, Bo, but. For a lot of people, remodeled uh, the remodeling was a negative effect on the tunnel. I don't know if you heard any of that. Oh yeah, nothing but complaints. People, yeah. people, people loved it the way it was, and they said it. it you know, as far as being structurally sound, they liked mm-hmm. that part. 
mm-hmm. but it, they say it, it's just not the same. <laughs> yeah. There's something about, uh, you know, LED lights that put up uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, lumens that, you know, and, and I love, I will say this, the road surface. I, I actually, the week that they finished repaving it, I had a friend with the DOH who said, hey, if you're about to come down and get some pictures, the road's closed, and, and you can walk through the tunnel. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what an opportunity to say you walk the entire tunnel, which right. I did that by myself, which probably wasn't a smart uh, decision. But, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy happened. But, uh, but the road surface is awesome. I mean, you can, you can rollerblade through there now. I wouldn't recommend anybody do that now with the tunnel open. But, uh, you know, the surface is great. But I almost wish they could put us a light switch on one end or the other, either on the dingus end or the Lenore end. You know, if you want to turn out the lights for the better experience, turn the lights out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, going, going back to kind of the history thing, the, the dingus tunnel is just so unique. It's got the look, you know, the stories behind it with the immigrant workers, you know, the yeah. died and, of course, you know, the residents of Dingus at the time uh, were, were not really open to outsiders, whether they were building the tunnel or riding in on the trains. Um, so, I mean, I, I I don't think the number would be in the thousands necessarily because there's not enough evidence to, to say that, but I, I think it would be in the hundreds for sure. I, I think it's fair to say that hundreds of people died there, whether it was construction or there was two train wrecks that occurred uh, in the tunnel. It was history when it was, you know, active rail line. Um, you know, and, and some people say the reason – uh, the railroad moved the rail lines out of there. Was all the incidents and things that occurred at Dingus, which part of the part of the discussion on that too is the grade over down by the river is much more uh, low and it's not as steep, so the trains don't have to push and pull as hard. But still, you you think maybe those events pushed them out of there as well. Yeah, that that place. Reading the history, you know, it'll break your heart because of the yeah. way things things were then. But you you can feel it. You know, when you go through that area, you you feel that there's a there's a darkness to it. You know, at least yeah. at least for me and my wife, you know, it's 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 a special place to go to. And oh, it's, to me, it's overlooked. It's it think if we're if we're getting out awards today, uh, Dingus Tunnel is the most overlooked gem in Mingo County, in my opinion. Regardless of paranormal activity or historicalness, it's just it's such a neat place. And add in Laurel Lake, you know what what a corner of the world to go to and it's not that far away as you know it's it's not out of the way to go visit oh, yeah. um, but man there's something about uh picking up it's what we used to do when we were little kids dad would take us through a drive through somewhere and pick us up a bucket of chicken or whatever and we'd go down there and pull halfway through that tunnel and you know where i'm going this turn the lights out <laughs> or off roll the windows down and just listen and you know the sounds you would get in there and, and the water and of course you've got those little alcoves that people used to step into if a train came through and they were in the tunnel. Yeah. I mean, oh man, yeah. You you get some energy in there that that's very unique. And and I if I was coming from out of town and, and somebody asked me, hey, where where should I go right now that I could really see and feel something? I'd, I'd send them to Dingus in a heartbeat. I would too. Yeah, for sure. We yeah. have several people tell us that when they went through it, um, they've heard voices. Um, one even said they saw an image of someone hanging mm-hmm. from the tunnel. Um, it's a pretty interesting story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, with the age of it, you know, probably this tunnel was built in 1892. I mean, it's, it really is one, if not the oldest structure in the country, it's one of the oldest that you can still, you know, go inside safely and, and see and, and check out. And a lot of people, too, by the way, miss out. You know, if you go about a mile down the road, uh, towards Wilsondale, there's the Breeding Tunnel, which is not as large, um, but what kind of makes the Breeding Tunnel unique is they didn't do, we are talking about engineering earlier, they didn't really uh, engineer it the same. So when you go through the Breeding Tunnel, it's just the natural rock been cut out and 
and has a really cool look to it. And I think they're in the process actually of upgrading bridges between Lenore and the tunnel uh, now, so the road continues to get better down there. But I, you know, I almost wish, and maybe maybe here's Tanya's homework project, but it'd be cool, you know, there's a road that goes over the top of Dingus Mountain. So if the tunnels ever closed or something happens, people still have a way to get in and out of Dingus. So, you know, what what a neat opportunity would it be to have a investigator go down there uh, and, and be able to do that? That would be great. I just, you know, I think we could pull it off, and you're not you're not inhibiting traffic. People can still get in and out of the community, but it'd be a unique opportunity for investigators and folks to go down there and, and really thoroughly do it. Because I've seen people do investigations down there before, and the tricky thing is, you know, if you're going down there and there's traffic going through, you got to watch those people, and, and they don't know you're there. And, and right. I think that'd be investigation anyways, because you want a sterile environment uh, to investigate. Yeah, you can't exactly hang out inside that tunnel for very long, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the ones I've seen, people kind of get near the ends of the door, in, in entry exit points, and that's about as far as they can go. But the day that I went down there was it was cool to go through again where the road was closed, but where the lights were on, it was just kind of like, man, you know, it's cool, it was neat, but I'm like, where's the switch at? <laughs> <laughs> now, the first thing that popped in my head when I heard that they were going to revamp the tunnel was, you know. According to legend or, you know, just folklore or whatever, usually when there's like a haunted house or something and it goes under reconstruction or remodeling, it's supposed to stir up the spirits. Like they don't want their place to be tampered with. The first thing that popped in my head was I wonder if the construction crew had anything that go that had anything go on. Like did their tools go missing or did they see anything? You know, I, we'll probably never know the answer to that, but it was the first thing that I thought of. Like, man, they better be careful. You know, something might not like that. Yeah, well, and, and it's funny you mention that because someone had, had reached out to us about it's been closer to a month ago about going down there, and they asked me that almost same exact question. Said, "Well, did the folks that did the revamping have anything?" I said, "Man, I I don't know. I do know one of the guys again that's on the cruise down there, and I, I will have to ask them about yeah, that because I I neglected to ask them that when when we were talking the last time." But it would be interesting to see because they were down there for, man, it was a, at least a two-month project, if not longer. So you would think in that time window, man, you're, if you're stirring, you're definitely going to do it. Yeah, whoever's on night shift, I wouldn't want to be them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think the magical thing, too, not that I would encourage people to go out there when the weather's bad, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the road, but when it's a foggy night, and I'm talking, you, you know how it gets, though, when it's that yeah. tug or fog rolls in. I mean, to me, the craziest thing about that tunnel, and I've heard this even now with the lights on, is you know the fog will obviously float in, and you cannot see anything. And frankly, you don't realize you're going in the tunnel until you see the concrete walls, you know, on each each side of you. But um, I, maybe that's the better experience now. If you can catch a foggy night down there and go through, if it's, well, when the lights are on, at least you've got you know the fog shroud there. Um, yeah. Oh man, I mean, I just I've, I've gone through this when it's like that, and couldn't see three feet in front of you, and the hard concern, you know, of course, is you meet somebody coming the other way, halfway, you're you're definitely going to have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That 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 place is, I, I've, I felt it was dangerous, but it's someplace you just have to go, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's, it's probably way safer now. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's a, it's one of those places you, you got to put it on your bucket list. If you're yeah. in southern West Virginia, you have to hit the Dingo Tunnel. Yes. We agree. All right, we I got two more topics outlined here, but if you all want to talk about anything else, just you know, just take it away. But I got to go with the probably the two most famous 
or infamous accounts in the area, and that would be the Maitwan Massacre and then Mamie Thurman. So which one do you all want to do first? Don, you got you – got, what is the girl pick here? Either one of them. Both of them are very <laughs> fascinating. My, favorite, my personal favorite is Mamie, but we can start with Maitwan if you want to. Yeah, let's do Maitwan, and then, then we'll okay. hit Mamie Thurman because I I love the Mamie Thurman story. I, I probably should say it's, it's horrible, but it's fascinating. I'm with you there. Well, and the unique thing to me, Mate One, I think Mate One often gets overlooked again. They have our best local museum in the Mate One Depot that was, yeah. was reconstructed. We were always, at the CBB, we were always driving people to Mate One and saying, hey, you know, drive the historic, uh, I call it the McCoy Trail because you drive by all the old houses up Hardy and the Hogenthal Cabin things. And, of course, you drive by the pawpaw tree and sit down there on the, on the Tug River as you come into Buskirk into Mate One. Um, but, man, down there on Mate Street where the shootout actually took place in the massacre, uh, I've not had a whole lot of reports and stories from down there, um, but a gentleman that has a uh, or a few different people that, that have businesses down there and, and lodging facilities have said they they have felt like they've seen things, heard things. You know, it's big one's a little tough because of the way the trains roll through there, and usually when they do go through, they're moving and rocking and rolling. Um, but that location, just for what happened with the massacre in the you know 20s, oh my gosh, I, I just I think that screams uh, investigative location for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it brought on a war, you know, literally a, a war on U.S. soil came. Yes. came. And the, frankly, that was a, that was the last time I, I need to research my wording on this uh, a little better. It was the last time there was something like that that happened on U.S. soil uh, that the I, I think it had to do with the military, uh, you know, having to uh, involve with the public. That That's not happened since then. So yeah, I this year is the 100th uh, anniversary. We just, we just this past May, uh, surpassed that. And I hate because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we, they were unable to do the ceremony they wanted to. They're going to do it later on this year, uh, which would be awesome. I encourage people to attend that because there will be a ton of history and things. Um, but to think, again, an event that took place 100 years ago, it's it's still alive and well. You know, the, the slugs, the bullets are still on the wall down there. Um, I just – Maybe you go down there at nighttime and, and sit around on, on the – there's a little ditch or something over there by the post office. I mean, cool, really cool spot. And, and I've never had an experience myself, uh, but, again, I've talked to a few people that, that have just said, man, there's there's something something here. And, and what's interesting, the one girl, we actually had a lady come to the coal house uh, when I was working down there, and, and she had noted – I believe she was a medium or, or something of that nature, and, and she said she didn't know what happened there, uh, but she'd been there before. As a, as a younger person, and since she she felt a, a pull there, uh, which was interesting. So I just you involved the, the feud history things, and and then the Maple Massacre. There's there's a lot of to me a dark side to both those uh, topics. Absolutely is, yes. uh, and being Sid Hatfield for our area, you know that ties into Hatfield and McCoys. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people have the same claim, but I'm a direct relative. Um, Devil Lance Hatfield would be my three times great uncle. Um, my great 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 grandfather was Ellison Hatfield. Okay. okay. And I, I had the privilege of knowing and you know, getting to know my great grandmother, and mm-hmm. she, she remembered being with Devil Lance, and she said she you know she would sit on his lap as a little girl, and she was scared to death of him because of the the moniker. But yeah. But yeah, and so that's just more history, you know. The the whole, the whole well, legacy, 
that's just super cool. I'm, I'm, that's what a what a family tree there. It's kind of like a tunnel. It's one of those ones where we haven't probably in our top five that you must see while you're here. Place to visit. Yes, for sure. There's just sure. to me. I always tell people this, and I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, but Maitland is really the center of where all hell broke loose. Whether it was the feud or the massacre, I mean, just so much history took place there, and you know, it just happened to be the way the lay of the land was where things all occurred in that time frame. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, it was this general area, you know, close to the West Virginia and Kentucky border that Daniel Boone had heard legend of before he even got there. It was called mm-hmm. the Dark Bloody Ground, right? Yeah. So it, it's always been steeped in mystery and horrific. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you mentioned, you know, if we go on a different path, you take it. So I'm going to take you. Before we get into our, our grand finale, if you will, um, a unique one that didn't make our list yet is Death Rock and Wings. Now, for me, the reason that I justify not putting Death Rock on the public list yet or on the website is we need a little more homework on it. Um, you know, there's a generic, and I hate to call it generic, but it is a generic Indian love story where, you know, somebody jumped off the cliff or whatever. But Death Rock has always had that name. You know, the view is incredible. It looks over interesting. We've had a lot of folks hiking up there. And we do have it listed under our hiking map, so if somebody does want to visit, they, they can do it that way. Uh, but I, but I, I have a gut feeling, just, just me, Death Rock's got a story. Uh, We're with, researching. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tanya and I are digging, um, but because there's not really an a accurate story out there yet, I, I don't want to just throw it out there and say, yeah, you know, go for it. Uh, but but I think given the name, you know, people, they ask us, hey, why is it called that? And we're like, well, you know, there is this generic Indian love story thing, but, uh, you know, there's got to be something there. And there have been a few things I've heard of that have occurred up there, uh, not necessarily paranormal, but a little bit dark, so – uh, as we build that information and, and compile it, I can tell you our goal, just to mention this before we go into the grand finale of, of location, in my opinion, um, our goal is to have 10 or 12 places on there. You know, we've only got a handful right now. Um, but, you know, we want to encourage people to visit places that are public that they can access. And, and of course, we don't want to get folks in places that they're not allowed to be, uh, right. property owners and that sort of thing. But uh, we, we've got a, uh, I'll call it a potential list of probably close to 20 places. It's just working out the logistics of, again, gaining uh, uh, the opportunity to go see them and, and put the word out about them. I look forward to seeing that expanded list. And if you find out anything else about Death Rock, I'd love to hear that, too. That, that oh, sounds interesting. I've been up there morning, noon, night, 
winter, summer, spring, fall, and, and it's oh, it's 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 a very special place. It's it's hard to get to. You, you gotta you gotta want to get there because the hikes and downtown ups quite the uh, I call it crawl. You gotta take a few breaks on the way up. I think next, the next thing we need to do is the CBD is put some benches like three three <laughs> the way up so you can get to a point, take a break, you know. Right. So make, somebody somebody joked actually the other day that maybe it's called death rock because the hike will kill you on the way up. And I said, well, <laughs> it's, you're not wrong. It's 95 degrees out today. You're not necessarily wrong. No doubt. So so Manny Thurman, what a story. I mean, yeah. again, with no disrespect to the topic, but I'm I'm I've read Keith Davis's book and and there's there's several out of it, but and, and Tanya, we get talking about Manny. It's just like oh my goodness, it, it's. It's to me that my, my most surprising, personally, this is just me. My most surprising thing is that a major Hollywood production agency has not picked up on this as a movie. Because I, I, to me, it could be up there, Mothman level stuff. I, oh, you know it, you I'm know it. It's a, it's a legend, and mm-hmm. that it, it would rival Mothman for popularity if people yeah. actually to see it and hear the account. And I know here they have the the Eric Homa story. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Chief Logan Amphitheater, they they have done a production of it that I I really like. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I hate it, that I wish I would have made it over to Tanya. I actually talked about going and our schedules, but that was actually I think the first year of the hospital when they did that. We were so busy that month. Oh my goodness, we were rocking and rolling. But I mean, you go up on Twenty Two Mile Road, and of course, the awesome thing is to you and I don't know if you've done it, uh, but you know, you go up there and put the car in neutral. I figured. I was just making sure. But, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And I've actually gotten out, and I love to get out and hike. And, and the, I don't really like to hike this time of year because of those things that slither around on the ground. But uh, in the wintertime, I've gone up there and hiked uh, part of 22 Mine Road and, and the area around where the vehicles will roll uphill. And, and it's it's just a very it, – it's it, that particular area has a very interesting vibe to it, in my opinion. Um, there's there's an old uh, uh, radio tower or some sort of tower that's out the ridge from uh, 22 Mine Road. Just did a hike out there and, and uh, was with a friend of mine. And when we got up there, it was just very quiet. Um, but, but you'd hear some things in the distance. It just was like that. This is something strange. Of course, there's the stories. And my, uh, my dad actually had a, a gentleman one time. It was a friend of his that used to drive coal trucks up there. And they had a guy in their group uh, that had it happened to him more than once which to me adds so much validity to the story, uh, that there was a girl up there standing on the side of the road, thumbing, and uh, the girl gets in the cab of the truck with him, and they're talking, and of course, you can tell where this is going. He looks over and looks back, and guess what? She ain't Girl. sitting there. Um, but And the story of it, too, the guy was, he was very adamant about the fact she was dressed in clothes that did not match our current time period. This happened in the late, late 90s, uh, early 2000s. Um, but I'm just like, man, what what a place! And then, I think the only thing tough about investigating 22 Mile Road or that area is it's so large. Mm-hmm. You know, you you really, yeah, you got a lot of ground to cover and, and and things like that. So to me, if I was going up there to investigate, I'd almost look at a Google Earth image and kind of pick a area to stick to because it can be overwhelming. Uh, the part that I hiked was a four hour hike, and I don't think I got I don't think I got about a two mile length, you know, away from where I started just because there was so much ground to cover. Oh yeah, it's huge up there. It is absolutely huge, and I probably shouldn't disclose this because I'm sure it wasn't 100% legal. But <laughs> just about five years ago, my dad and I went up there with a couple of hammocks, and we stayed the night up on 22 Mountain. Just, ah. 
just hoping, you know, <laughs> hoping but kind of not hoping that something would happen. Yeah. We would hear or see something. And uh, we heard a few partiers down off the hill. Um, oh, yeah. At least I, I think there were people there. We heard people talking and partying, but we just we just stayed quiet because, you know, we weren't really supposed to be there. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it, we didn't have any incident. Nothing nothing wild happened. Um, but I don't know if but we can't help ourselves, you know? Yeah. Well, and and it, to me, it is a very peaceful place. That's what I know. Even with the coal trucks brought drive by where I was at, you know, it was it was quiet. I was actually out there just as it was getting dark, so caught a beautiful winter sunset. I think there was a little snow on the ground, if I remember right. But, I mean, it's just it's one of those places you, you look out, the forest is very dense, you know, except for where it's been stripped and, I mean, to me, my vibe was more more hot spots felt like they would have been over towards US 119, the you know the Mingo County, Logan County border there as you cross the the, the top of, of the mountain. Um, and just saying this, a new thing I think a lot of people often miss is if you're traveling south down on US 119, uh, you know you cross the bridge just past 22 Mine Road. I'm talking you know 20 30 feet. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you pull off the road on the right side there on US 119, the old original. 22 mine road which obviously would have been part of what they used back in the day uh, when this whole thing went down Manny is still there the roadbed is still there now it's it's grown up and there's leaves over it of course if you go on the website you'll see the, the picture of that section of road um but you can walk it and man what a what a road to walk i mean it's just you walk through there and you're thinking in your head okay wow think about what happened here and, and the things and I, I to me you know of course there's the debate of where is she buried where's she at um I I don't think we'll ever know. I really don't think we'll ever know. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. And for and for anybody that don't know, would would either of you two like to do just do a, a like a Cliff's Notes version about what happened to Mamie Thurman, who she is? Yeah, sure. So so, Tanya, you want you got it? Okay, she's giving me the nod here. But so you know, Mamie was was a, a very social person in Logan County back in the you know twenties and thirties. Um, Basically, and I, I go jump in here if I'm trashing the story at all, but you know, she was slashed ear to ear on her throat, uh, you know, shot twice. Um, a, a local boy found her up there on 22 Mine Road in a, in a kind of a weird spot where he was picking blackberries. And, and to me, and this was a huge point in the whole case and the story and everything, was when, you know, when she was found, uh, all her jewelry was on her, her purse was on her. Uh, you know, so they obviously wanted somebody trying to rob her. They'd have taken that stuff. Um, and, and they ended up uh, convicting this handyman who was a, uh, a bitch, I believe, uh, or a small person, which was very strange. Um, and I, I really don't think he did it. I, my, my complete opinion, though, I, I don't think he did it. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying he wasn't capable of it, but there's the time period, if there was a person they could throw all this on, uh, Clarence, I believe, was his name. He was the perfect person to put this on. Um, so, you know, he ends up getting convicted of the murder. Uh, and, of course, like we were just mentioning, people were debating where she's buried at. You know, some things say she was uh, buried at Logan Memorial Park, which is right in Logan, which I'm mad that that cemetery lost its archway. It used to have back in the 90s a beautiful rock arch as you pulled into it. Um, and that arch has since collapsed, unfortunately. There's some great photos of it on, on Google, but... Uh, but she was originally from down in Kentucky, and so some people think she was she was taken back to where she was from. Um, but you know the debate continues on, on where she's buried. But I just reading the books about this thing. I mean, it really again that's that's the that's the poor Cliff Note version is what I'll call that version of the story. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, 
the, the connections to me, the connections she had with all these prominent people in Logan County, which of course was us. That, that you know, were almost, well, they just broke away from us. Well, we broke away from them, became Mingo County. But she had so many connections with important people in Logan County. The the, the story of just you know uh, different love interests and things that occurred there is just right. of course they her living in the house where they did and, and uh, it's it's just to me if, you, if you've not read the story or, or researched it just even from the history side of things what a story I, I don't to me there's not another story like that in West Virginia no there, there, there can't be at least I hope not uh, yeah yeah nowadays that, that's very true and when uh, they talk about the way she was murdered it's it to me it sounds more like an act of passion um, mm-hmm. it was just so so horrible, you know, that her neck was broken, and that could have been from the fall, maybe when they threw her, you know, and tried to hide the body, but mm-hmm. last year to ear, shot twice, and that was shot twice in the head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that they, they're, they're making sure what they did is done. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, and again, you read you read the stories and, and figure out everybody, all the different players, I mean, if you had a, a uh, investigation board, if you will, on a wall. I can imagine all the headshots and pictures of people you'd have involved in this case. That, that right. I'm sure you know that's what the the law enforcement folks attempted to put together back in the day. Uh, right. But golly, I, I based on what I've researched and read, I think at least 40 or more people were involved with this whole thing. Oh yeah, she was a total socialite. You know, she yeah. undoubtedly knew secrets. You know, hanging yeah. out in the you know the speakeasy kind of crowd and yeah. Uh, and what an era. I mean, that, that era in old country, Logan County, Mingo County. I mean, I, I hate to say it like this, but I kind of wish I'd have been around that era just to see our area and, and what it had because, you know, it was a different place. Oh, yeah, uh, it was jumping. <laughs> it was jumping. Yeah. But you think about, you know, we, we still consider 22 Mine to be a road to be rural now. I mean, imagine what Holden was then. You go up on that mountain, you were you were in the middle of nowhere, especially in a old, you know, Model P Ford or what have you. And, I mean, right. God. What what an era, man! I just and her body was even found. To be yeah, 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 yeah. I even given where it was, I, I think it was a it really the little boy. There was a I came across an article one time about the little boy that found her, and if I remember right, the boy either couldn't speak. Uh, I, I think he was I think he was a mute. I don't think he could talk. And it really frightened him. And when he got back, he had to, you know, it was difficult for him to explain what he saw. And he just had to take people what he, you know, what he uh, witnessed or what he came across. Had to take mm-hmm. them there. What a hard thing that would have been. You know, a little, little kid, he's eight or ten years old, say, look at, you know, come here and look at this. Right. And to revisit the site. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but if, if you did a loop, you know, people, just so they're familiar, you can drive from Whitman just below Logan to the Dingus Tunnel. You can go over to the Dingus. Come through the tunnel, pop out Lenore, come back up 119 and hit 22 Mine Road in the same night. I mean, if I was if I was doing a little uh, caramel tour, if you will, man, I, that's a pretty good little loop there of places you can really get out and be interactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> that would that would be the perfect loop. Oh, I mean, and and of course you get up on 22 Mine Road, you can jump back over towards. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think below Logan on Route 44. It comes out, but you know, you you make a big big circle there. It's just it, to me, what's amazing about this whole thing is I, I think we're often overlooked in the paranormal world and, and, and different things of that nature. And we've got so much of this stuff that's within, you know, if you put a pin dot, let's even say at 22 Mine Road and do a 20-mile or 30-mile circle around it, 
oh, my gosh, you know, Bo, we, there's so many places. Yes. And not even places, you know, individual smaller investigations. Uh, uh, I believe it was Ghost Lab came and did a – and this has been back when I was in high school, did an investigation out at Dingus uh, at, a, at home there at the private residence. Uh, but they titled and claimed that as one of the most interesting and, and uh, hot spot locations they've ever done. So, I mean, there's, you know, it's 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 not just these places we talk about. I'm sure there's a bunch of things uh, out there we've not heard that people know about. It's just, to me, it, the worst thing that can happen is people have a story and they don't tell it. Right. I just, yeah. that's kind of like the guys that when we run into this, Tony and I cringe when we see it, these old homes I mentioned that get destroyed or torn down. And we're like, man, just let us go in and look in your attic. Let us go in and, you know, <laughs> don't just trash everything. Because there's somebody's, you know, it's the trash is another man's treasure deal. But it, it's just we hate to see history disappear. And, and going into this direction with paranormal again, I just I think sometimes people are a little leery of talking and, and saying uh, what, what they're seeing, feeling, and hearing. Uh, but, man, I, I, we always encourage people, tell us your story. We want to hear it. We, we won't think you're crazy. Well, and we, you know. We we get requests, gosh, Wes, how much huh. weekly about you know either the hospital or just places to visit and paranormal and ghost tours, haunted places. And if anybody researches Mingo County, I mean we're called Bloody Mingo. I mean that's what right. we're for. Um, unfortunately, you know it's kind of sad, but the stories behind that are so fascinating. And you know all the murders that have taken place in this county, some that have been solved, some that have not been solved. Um, to me are just interesting. Um, I think there might have been a few people that have written certain books Mm -hmm. about it and things like that, but Wes and I's goal, you know, for the whole county, we're going to put it on our website, but it's just, you know, to collect these places with all, you know, that we know that are authentic. We Everybody's got a ghost story they want to share. We understand that, but we want stuff that we can, you know, really rely on and has history behind it and, you know, not just sell it as a haunted house or whatever, but we, since we started this, oh my gosh, we're contacted at least, what, three to four times a week? Oh, yeah, I, I think may, we may be even averaging five. Yeah, it's starting to build up. I and mean, put that on our website. Um, it's just kind of blown up, and we've gotten calls from all over West Virginia, Kentucky, different states, um, you know, just wanting to come here and see the different places because they had no idea. They had no idea that any of this had been going on or that we had any of these thoughts. So, again, for the tourism aspect of it, you know, even if you're here to ride the Hatfield McCoy trails, you don't ride them all day long and all night. Um, so when you get back, you're always looking for something else to do. Or if you're just here, out of town visiting family, it just gives you a little extra something to do, especially if you're into this kind of stuff. And a lot of people are. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And anywhere in the hills you go here, you feel like you're being watched. And yes. oh yes. yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, and especially when you you do a little hike by yourself, you know, or, or you're you, you know every little daggone squirrel or chipmunk or anything, you know, I hate them things. But <laughs> <laughs> but but you know you you just you don't know it. And again, there's I'm sure, and I hope people will listen to this and, and think, oh man, they didn't tell this story. They didn't think of this location. Hey. I encourage them to reach out to you and, and us as well. Share share some info with us because we want to make this as accurate and informative as possible. Yeah, we're trying to set up interviews with people, um, schedule visits to sites, you know, things like that. Um, we want to take it serious, but again, we're not going to put just anything on there, but anything that we feel, you know, we can verify or that has some truth to it. Um, and we know there's a lot of stories out there. Oh yeah. Um, we need yeah. to get them 
Bay. So we're we're very excited about it, and we hope this can be a big draw for Mingo County, and eventually probably lead over into Logan County as well. I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of overlaps both counties, really, but um, and even Pike County, Kentucky. But the area is just so rich of history, and just like I said, so many unsolved murders and so much that had happened, and, and not that um. I don't want to feel like I'm showcasing any kind of that, but to me, that kind of stuff is interesting and fascinating, and you want to know why. I shared that on the. Bo, I've got our grand finale part two. Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Tanya mentioned it, and this this will be. We share that on our website. Yeah, this this is coming very soon to the website, so you're going to be our our first person to know about this. So we'll we'll announce it here and now. the the Pike County edition that we will have on here is going to be Octavia Hatcher. Are you familiar with that story? I'm not. Oh, man, great. I'm, I'm tickled. Yay. Great. <laughs> See, I, 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 I told you to stop the bartender, and I'm going I'm to throw it back at you. But, <laughs> but so basically, and I'm going to give you a little synopsis here, uh, but Octavia is a really interesting story. This, this is a lady um, – that basically she was 20 years old when she gave birth to her first child in early 1891, okay? Uh, the child almost immediately died, and Octavia uh, went into a, a depression and then a coma. Well, she died, and if you could see me right now, I'm doing my air quotes, on May 2nd, 1891. Uh, but this was a, during a spell of really hot weather, so she was quickly buried. And it was noticed, though, later on that a lot of people in the Pikeville area uh, were falling into these swoons uh, but not dying. Uh, they were thinking it could have been some kind of mosquito uh, encephalitis or, or uh, maybe gas coming from a coal mine that was on fire uh, in, the, in the area. Um, so what was interesting was uh, they went to – they actually – somebody questioned it, uh, if she was actually dead. So they dug her up, and when they opened her up, uh, her fingernails were bloody. The lining of the casket was all shredded. Uh, her face was contorted, and she had definitely been buried alive. Oh, my God. So, yeah. What a story, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's there's some news – some people critique the story because there's not a lot of news accounts of this happening, and, and they look for more evidence there. Um, but she was the daughter of one of Pike County's more important people, and her husband owned thousands of acres of, of land in Pike County, so he made a lot of money in coal and timber. Um, so some people felt like, you know, if, if the newspapers would have reported this, you know, it could have uh, been bad business. Because uh, you know, at the time that area was uh, almost a company-owned town, you know, just like any old coal town in, in southern West Virginia or eastern Kentucky. Um, so, what was interesting was a year after she died, her husband had a life-size marble statue, almost like dead lands, uh, constructed on top of her grave. Um, and later, he actually built the Pike Hotel. Uh, and interesting thing is, in Pike, where he built it. Uh, he put it in a spot where basically her statue would be always looking at it and could see it, which was kind of interesting, strange, you know. Um, but going on down the story here, he had a custom-built coffin for himself uh, and had kind of, my understanding, had like the bell at the end of it. Uh, and right. string. If he was put in the ground, he could ring that thing and get me out of here. Oh, my goodness. So, that, yeah. That <laughs> forever. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, to, to me it says something a lot that her husband uh, was that concerned about, that he, he did that. So, uh, and there, there were some more stories to it. You know, her, her grave said to be haunted. Uh, every year, 
on her anniversary of death, there's think about the statues, the, the face moving, things like this. Um, and there's some different little stories that are interesting, but uh, it's it's very easy to get to actually. Um, the cemetery is gated, but you can walk right up to where she's buried. So uh, I encourage you, man. You need to go over to Pikeville. It's yeah, a cool, we'll, cool thing thing to see. Um, we'll get it on our website. Yeah, and we'll have it on the site. It's actually I'll have it up by Friday, my goal. But it's just it's a story that you, know, you hear about people being buried alive, but I've never heard of this one up until a few years ago. Especially one so close to home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just down the road. Um, That's like so, work. Nightmare scenario, you know. Oh yeah. gosh, yeah. It's, yeah. So I mean, what, what a story! But but you can imagine back in those days, if you were in a coma, they probably didn't have the technology to know the difference between that and death. And I mean, you kind of wonder how many people were buried alive. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just unique one, but I'm, I I don't want people to take this the wrong way. But we're excited to add that to the site because. That will be, uh, as far as I'm, I'm double-checking my list here, that will be our first Pike County location. And, and we're, we we encourage people to, to remember where the Tug Valley area is CVB. We're not the Williamson CVB, so we bleed over on the both sides of the river. And what's good for Pike County is good for Mingo County, and same thing with Logan County. Uh, okay. So we're all working together, you know. But um, I, I think the story, that story in particular is me. Of course, when, when it goes up, uh, I would let – I would highly expect us to add like the pop-off tree incident location with the Hatfield McCoy feud where the three boys were, were tied up to the trees and shot. Yeah. Um, I've never done it at that location, but. Yeah, that's a, that's a great place to visit too. Just yeah. that whole, that whole area that, you know, downtown there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, there's, there's a lot. We, we opened the Pike County can of worms, if you will. I, I think we're going to have quite a few uh, items and places come on, on board with that. Well, that'd be great, and I would I would encourage you guys to come back on the show. You know, um, share everything you get. Give me some updates. Let me know how things are going. Yes. And uh, if you would take just a minute, tell tell people where they can find you at, where they can reach you, um, all that kind of good stuff, all the contact stuff. Sure. So, uh, you know, number one, we've got this brand new fancy Tony's uh, Laugh Empty fancy website, and it is. I'm a little proud of it, but it's visit coldcountry.org. You can also type in visitcoldcountry.com and all directions to the same place. We we like to use that as our portal uh, of, of contact. But our, our new office will actually be opening in July uh, when the process of moving in as we speak down at City Hall in Williamson. And our location is 142 East 4th Avenue. It's right across from the fire department, the police department. Uh, we're in the old train station. People, people remember the City Hall being a train station back in the day. Um, and our telephone, if people are looking to get a hold of that way, is 304. 601-0374, and people can also text that number, which is pretty cool. We've got a line set where if somebody just wants to ask ask us a question, uh, even if it's regarding our paranormal uh, site to Haunted Tug Valley or, or anything, they can text us any time of the day. Just shoot us a message, and, and we can get to you, which is pretty cool. Nowadays, you know, some people don't want to talk on the phone. That's fine. We'll, we'll email them, DM them, whatever. And our email, too, just so they have that Tug Valley Area CVB, as in Convention and Visitors Bureau, at gmail.com. So, we're pretty good about getting back to people. Tom and I are up all crazy hours of the night. Yeah. <laughs> and we also, if people are really big into social media, we have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. It's the Tucker Valley Area CBP, and we're also on um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that is a visit cold country yes. is yes. what it is on Instagram and then Twitter as well. Fantastic. So they always reach out to us, and we try to get back to them as soon as possible.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts from and leave me a five-star rating and review. You can follow me on Facebook at The Bump Podcast. I'm on Instagram under the same name and Twitter. Um, If you have a story that you'd like to share, please feel free to message me on any of those platforms and I'll be sure to get back to you. Or you can email me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. That's thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, be sure to check out the merchandise that I have now. It's on my Facebook page. I have links to everything. It's on Teespring. You can find it as The Bump Podcast or The Bump Podcast Bigfoot on Teespring. I have lots of merch. I got a whole lot more coming out. Um, All of the artwork, I'm doing it myself. I'm designing everything myself. So it's it's a lot of work on my end, but I'm just hoping that I put something out there that you guys can enjoy. So thanks again for listening, and don't stop believing. And by the way, too, just just to note this at the very end here, there's so many, there's little stories about the, the our crew had in, in happened to them. I'll put yeah. you in contact with a few of our different people because there's some stuff I didn't even hit on that, that it's it's interesting. Uh, not big big stores, but stuff. And fly across the room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doors shutting. I was in there one time by myself, getting ready, think, getting ready for the tour, and doors kept shutting. So that was, you know, I'd go and look, and i open them back up. No reason for them to shut. There was no wind or nothing like that. It just kept shutting on me. So uh, just some amazing stuff. Definitely. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I would love that. I'd love to talk to anybody you want to send my way. I would I would love to hear from them. Even if they don't want to be on the show, I can just, you know, throw in a little narration on them or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the one guy that stood out to me the most, and we talked very, you remember Chris? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He went through the tour, and after he got through the tour, because normally once they were done, they left the building and they didn't come back in. But he came back um, to the front of the building where we were, letting, you know, taking people and getting ready for the next tour to go. And he knocked on the door, and he asked to speak to me, and he looked like he had just seen a ghost. I mean, he really <laughs> was scared to death. And he said, Sonia, I have to give you a message. And I said, okay. And he said, there is a gentleman in the x-ray room who doesn't want – he said, you're disturbing him. He doesn't want you all in there. And that's the same room that our tour guide's flashlight kept going out. Um, people, it was colder than some of the other rooms. I mean, it, it was – he claims he saw the guy and that I was really upset. Um, you know, just weird stories happening in that room. So wow. uh, he was, yeah, he was, he was a little spooked and he, he felt like he needed to warn us. So it was, it was kind of crazy. I Very document all of that. I mean, a lot of people are telling, even former employees that worked there years ago, we're trying to get it all documented so we can, you know, have some more stories to share. Right. I think one of the funniest ones, though, that Wes, we, um, Wes probably could tell you because it was part of the tour, was um, there was a doctor that worked there who had a horse. I'll let Wes tell you a little bit. What was his name? I forgot his name. Uh, Salton. Russell Salton. And he, he basically, real quick, he uh, he had some barnyard animals that he dearly loved, and, and one of the horses required surgery. And so he brought that into the hospital one day, put it on the elevator, took it up on the horse board of the surgery uh, area, Perform surgery, and people on the third floor heard that, you know, clacking on the floor and thought, what the heck is that? 
they kind of thought somebody was pulling a prank on them. They weren't pranking them. It was a, a bit coarse up there. <laughs> so now we're in so that every so often you can hear a horse, you know, neighing and walking. And then there's all the stories of even when we were there, um, people saying they would see children running by, mm-hmm. things like that. Yes, yes. I'm I'm definitely going to be there, and I, I hope everything works out to where you guys can do the tours regularly and all that kind of good stuff. We're hey, working on it. You'll, you'll be the first guy, and I'm I'm, I'm serious, man. We, if, if it lines up, we'll call you and say, get up here now. 